Hi, everybody. So I made this so that I can, you know, have like a sidebar because I knew I was going to have a sidebar um, from the storytelling episodes and those are still going in effect. I'm still, you know, editing the junior one, but I am currently home right now and I'm taking a break from the semester and I'm just going to be here until January. Yeah, that's when the semester starts and just hope for the best with that. And I am just having like a sidebar, just talking. And I think I just wanted to talk about um, just anxiety this time. And I know I talked about it in my routine episode. I think that's what it was. It was routine. But I just wanted to get more into depth with it because in the next four months, I am going to, you know, like really hunker down into being a better person for myself because it's been a little rough out here. <laughs> um, and it's really like taking a toll on me to a point where I feel like when I turn 30, I'm going to look like I'm 50 because I've over, like I've, I've overthought every single thing on the planet. And I just want to share some things, you know, if you don't learn anything or don't, you know, retain anything, at least you sat here and, and listen. That's the um, most grateful that I can be. So let's get started. All right, so bear with me as well because I don't have my mic with me yet, but I am using wired headphones, so we're going to try our best. So there might be some, you know, moving around or like trying to fix the mic in a specific way, but this is what we're here for. Um, I'm trying to make sure that it's like, you know, still peaceful, soothing. So like my fan is off. It's just me and you. So um, we're going to work with that. So I've been in therapy for six months now and it's been a journey. And there are some things that I've learned, some things that I've realized, some things that I still need to work on. And, you know, I kind of wanted to bring it on with you because honestly, it feels like, no, I'm not going to downplay that, honestly, because it's nothing like that. I was going to like, it, but it kind of feels like it kind of feels like a sobriety chip. It's nothing like a sobriety chip, of course, because I'm not going to downplay the people who work with who work at being sober than with me getting therapy. But it's the same as getting help. And you've been consistent with getting help for six months. So the consistency is something that I congratulate myself on. So congrats to me. Um, and. Something that I learned before therapy, maybe I'd do that because that seems pretty cool. Something that I did know going in before therapy is to congratulate yourself on the little things because this life is so shitty. <laughs> Sometimes things just go the way you don't want it to and it just messes you up for a little bit. And sometimes just getting through some of the small things and, and celebrating that is something that you need to do for yourself. Ah, sorry. My, um, my, like you're like, I'm holding the mic, but I don't want to have too much tension on it. So hopefully, um, you guys are hearing me at a decent level. Uh, <laughs> actually I'm going to give me a sec. All right, hopefully this is better. I made it better so I can just kind of hold the mic with two hands. So we're going to try this out and see instead. Hopefully this is good. But um, doing the celebration of small things is so important because so many good things happen in the day and so many bad things happen in the day. And so much of that outweighs the good sometimes where you just realize that you know, you had you, like you feel like you had a bad day, but then think about all the good that you did. You know, you may not have been really good um, with that test that you did, but you got up, you got on time to work or school or wherever your occupation is right now. Because school, if my brother has not taught me one thing, he has ingrained the the fact that school full the school is a full time job. It really is. And I stand by that and I agree that like I didn't really think of it that much until he told me. So, yeah, that's one thing that I've always known about um, my brother and one thing that he's taught me. And, you know, because sometimes 
before he told me that I always felt downplayed that I was just in school and I think you know the outside world also sees it in in some other way too just be like oh you kids all you have to do is go to school and and do this well like my my mind is at work for like nine hours a day and then some because I have to go home and do homework this is not like I'm not just doing this for shits and giggles you know (laughs) I'm quite honestly I'm doing it for the plot so nah but (laughs) anyway another thing that I learned what else did I learn before therapy well not a lot that's why I needed therapy but (laughs) um I figured that um I don't know like that was the main thing just like celebrating small things because I'm not gonna try and make something up the main thing that I did was just I knew the 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 act of self care, but even then, when I got into therapy, self care meant something different. And um, one of the things that I learned about self care and therapy is that sometimes self care does not look like what self care is. Sometimes, you know, retail therapy, you know, just like shopping and buying stuff and 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 doing stuff, that's not really self care. Like self care, what you really want to do is not self care. It's more like self maintenance. Because I was talking to my therapist about it and. And doing things for myself, I talked to her about the day that I, I was going to cut on my hair and I was going to cut on my hair and I was going to go shopping and then I was going to go get my nails done and I was going to put on a cute outfit and do my makeup and I'm not neglecting or I'm not disregarding anything of that being a bad day and not being self-care because, because that is a very successful day, honestly, because, you know, you, you, that is a that is more of a self-maintenance that's self-maintenance self-care is regulating your mind and maybe that's something like meditating maybe that's journaling self-care is like it's self-explanatory it's taking it's like taking care of yourself but what people put i think people morph self-care into retail therapy and buying stuff to make yourself feel good for a short amount of time and self-maintenance is a different thing than it is a self-care. That's the first thing that... Well, that's not really the self. The first thing I learned. The first thing that I learned, honestly, I might get tatted on. Because, like, it's something that I think about so much and I talk about it with um, my friends in my circle. And when they say this, they're going to be like, yeah, she says this a lot. And it's things can be simple. Like, the simplicity of that phrase makes everything less fuzzy and I didn't realize it took me so long to understand the validity of that because that phrase just things can be simple like you know what things can be simple like I don't have to feel the way that I feel and although I do because I'm going to get into that although it is real it doesn't have to be that way because in the next 20 minutes we're going to work on what we can do to regulate myself and working on what I need to work on is just sometimes I want to feel like I, I don't want to feel and I try to like I, I try to flee my stomach is grumbling because I haven't eaten yet but it's okay because I'm going to eat after this so guys please <laughs> um sorry okay sorry stomach I don't know I really don't know if you can hear it honestly but because like there's nothing on in here but what I mean is sometimes I flee the feelings that I have and sometimes sometimes I don't sometimes they're successful but sometimes there are different situations where you need to just flee because sometimes if you're what you're feeling is irrational and sometimes okay like you're fleeing but you need to you actually need to take care of this like don't turn off bojack and just you know get to this like get to the shit you know so i learned that a lot of times me repeating my like me thinking about the things that get me really overwhelmed and really scared and really insecure sometimes also takes my myself to say you know what like in the next 20 minutes this is not gonna matter i mentioned that in a couple episodes ago or like every other episode because it's it's really true because it's like not to sound pessimistic, but like this shit's not going to matter in like 20 minutes. Like (laughs) it's honestly not, you know? Yeah. Like I, 
I think school has made me realize that because there's so many trials and tribulations that have happened, but like, I'm still alive, you know? There was this, this was this algebra teacher that I have. I don't know if I said this or like I shared this story with you, but still, I, I'm going to say it anyway. I had this algebra trick teacher. And if you know me, I hate math, like to my very core. And it's very funny that I got set up with a, a roommate who is going to be an accountant. I think that life was just like, ha, ah, I'm going to just like throw this in here. But um, when I was in trick, it was my junior year, algebra two trick, whatever. And we started, I think it might've been like, we were just like kind of settled in maybe the first couple of months or so. And my teacher, ah, oh, what was his name? I know it started with a T. He was like probably the coolest teacher because he always had a story every time. Like he was like, you know, he could be doing something else, but like, you know, like, I don't know how to explain it. You know how, like, you're doing something and you don't want to, but you try to make fun out of it? Like, I think just because he's a math teacher, he tries to make it more fun because it's like, you're going to lose all these kids if you're just going to be talking about trigonometry for damn near 55 minutes, you know? Or however long the periods were. I don't remember. It's been, well, two years since I graduated. It's Well, it's been three years since I've taken trig, so I, you know? And I put that behind me. But the, the thing is, what I'm getting at is what he told us before we started our test. um, Or what he, actually, now that I remember, he told me this, actually, because he knew I was having such a hard time. <laughs> he knew I was having such a hard time. Um, He was t- talking to me about math and he was like, it's honestly, at the end of the day, it's math. You're not going to die. And at that point, when I was a junior in high school, I was like, yeah, I am going to die because this is, this is just, this is messing me up. This is fucking me up. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like, I'm, just, I'm, I'm crying and throwing up and, and pulling my hair out because I can't, you know, sine, cosine, and tangent was fine. Like, sine, cosine, and tangent was easy. It was a breeze. It was like a walk in the park. But everything else was just a nightmare. But that word now, now that I think about it now, like, what, like three years later, what I just said, it makes so much sense. Cause it's like, now I don't even have to take math. I'm an advertising major. I don't have to do none of that. You know, like none of that. I don't have to do that anymore. Um, <laughs> so things can be simple. I think I might get that tatted somewhere, somewhere small, you know, so I can look at it. And when I look at it, I'm like, it's kind of a reassurance for me. So it's another, another outlet of reassurance. I mean, so it's one thing that I learned. The first thing that I learned, the second thing that I learned was what I said before was about like, um, self-care, right? Self and self-care and self-maintenance. Um, the, when I said like other forms of reassurance, I learned that as well, because when you're someone who has anxiety, in this case, I was diagnosed with it and I'm not downplaying anyone who isn't you know, diagnosed with anxiety, because everyone experiences it at least once in their life. Um, But, you know, anyone who is diagnosed with a mental illness just has to do a little more extra work. And yes, it sucks. And it is a lot. And it's a lot to, 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 like, take on, because all of this stuff has happened because of the trauma that you endured in the past X amount of years that you've been alive. You know, and what I am here to tell you is that do not neglect it. Like if the shoe fits, wear it like anything that if this applies somewhere to not what I'm talking about, like if this applies anywhere, don't neglect it. Whatever you're doing right now and just saying like, don't don't neglect this. Don't if it's a bad thing, like like obviously not like just don't neglect it and in an act of love, like in an act of me coming from you, like don't neglect the bad feelings that you have. That's what I'm saying. (sighs) I think you guys knew what I'm saying. You just, you know how I am. Um, (laughs) if you're having like a time where you're just like, man, I really felt neglected today. I really felt rejected today. 
that sucks. Oh, well, I'm going to go to sleep. Don't do that (laughs) because it can only, you can only do that for so much when you start to grow this small little piece of yourself that feels rejected by every single thing. And if you don't take control of it or take it at, at ease so we can be at bay, it's going to eat you alive and it sucks. And unfortunately, I didn't even take my own advice because here I am at 20 years old feeling rejected by every single thing, you know, like rejection is an important key to life, but not this sort of rejection. I get rejected, you know, from jobs here and there. I don't, you know, I don't blink an eye. Like it's just, that's just how it goes. Jobs, there's jobs everywhere. But what I mean is like social rejection. When I was growing up, I was the type of person who did not indulge in everything. And I still, I'm still that way today. And I felt bad when I was younger, but I don't feel bad about that now because I'm what I'm too old for that. (laughs) I'm too old to feel bad for the way that I do the things that I want to do. And who knows? Maybe when I get older, maybe I'll feel more like a social butterfly. But all I've ever known is that I was just a bit of an introvert and that's okay. Like I can be aware of some things and know my limits and that is okay. I'm not going to feel bad about it. Um, (laughs) sorry um I'm holding the mic but I just you know sometimes when I laugh and you know mics can be pretty sensitive and like when I like scoff or laugh I don't want it to like you know I don't want to like blow into the camera and it just hurts your ears or whatever but um what I mean is um when I talked about when I when I say social rejection I'm talking more so about like you know the people in my life um you know, who come and go or who come and stay and and all that stuff. When I was younger, um, I, you know, when we had functions at school and dances at school, you know, everybody was like dancing on each other and doing all this, you know, the stuff when we were kids, you know, the too grown for kids, for sure. I can say that now, but it was just like, ah, that's not me, like, I feel really, when I was there, now that I realize it, I was just feeling really uncomfortable, I was forcing myself into a space that I was just not, like, enjoying at all, like, I went there because everybody else was going there, you know, everyone was going to the dances, and everyone was going to, like, the, like, winter balls, of course, I was going to go there because I was a fashionable person at heart, you know, it took a little, (laughs) it took a little bit to get to my style now, like, but I always, you know, if I had to go somewhere and put on a dress, I'll go on and put on a dress, you know? <laughs> but I, like, I would go to the, like, winter balls and just sit down. But, like, I would just want to be seen because I had a dress on. But don't expect me to do anything else, right? Um. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, that started very young. But when I started in high school, you know, you know, when I got older, I was like, okay, I don't feel social in middle school just because the people I hang around with. But maybe high school is different. Maybe I'll change. Right. Like maybe I'll be different. Maybe I'll be more prone to go out to hang out. I go hang out in like a, a social gathering with a couple of people and it was fine, you know, like, freshman year, the same thing applies in high school, also applies in college, like, you know, people still look at freshmen the same, if you're a freshman in high school, or freshman in college, those rules kind of apply, but it's very true with fresh, with, with college and high school, the same friends you have in, in, in freshman year are not the same you have senior year, and that's just how it goes, and some will stay with you, but the, the entirety is very rare, like, that happened in high school, like, I had a big group, and things happened, there was so much drama, you know, talking to her was, like, betrayal to the other person, and sometimes there were two, there, there, there was me and, and, and the friend, me and Gee, we were just like, we should go, like, <laughs> it's one of those things, and I'm so glad that I still have friends that, like, stayed along with me after that and you know all of that drama is like in the past like it's fine it's like and I mean the drama had nothing to do with me but you know that's all water under the bridge but at that point it felt so severe at the time because you were 14 and you had all these friends and you didn't have anything else going on in your life just school and maybe a job if you had a work permit um but because you were 14 at the time but still 
while that was happening, sometimes, you know, they would be like, hey, everyone come over at this house. Everyone go over here. And, you know, these were suburban kids and I was new to the suburban area. So like everyone's houses were big as hell and everyone knew each other from kindergarten. So everybody and their mother would come over and that was a weird experience for me. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm still not liking this. And then college again, I was like, okay, no, I'm still not liking this. Like, I'm not, you know, maybe this is just, this is not for me. Like maybe, cause for a long time I was like, okay, maybe I'm the drama, but <laughs> I'm just not, this is just not my forte. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> um, it just, takes a little trial and error like of course I tried you know it just and I know my limits now just from like forcing myself into spaces it to a point where it's like one more person and I'm done you know like some things I like solitary some things with three people max like like I promise you like is three people max four like four whoa like, okay, pump the brakes. Like, <laughs> this is five people in a room right now talking at, like, the, talking at a volume of 20 out of 20. And I can't do this right now. And it's too loud and it's too uncomfortable and it's too much. And I can't, you know? And I'm not exaggerating either. Like, there have been cases where I've kind of noticed that. And I was like, wow okay I really really do have a limit because there'll be some times where I'm hanging out with friends and then you know it's it's like it'll be the it'll be the three wait it'll be like the four of us right but then a fifth person just comes out of nowhere and starts hanging out I'm like okay this is okay this is too much now <laughs> like there's another person in my head right now there's someone another person in my face and I don't like that <laughs> And this doesn't make me a bad person. You know, I will endure it because, you know, people are friends and, you know, they want to see you and they want you to hang out. And sometimes it'll like I'll have to go back and I'll have to like reach into my reservoir. You know, like how cars have gas and, you know, you're on dashes, but you got like a couple more miles left. This is what I'm talking about. Like I got a little bit more, but after that, I'm done. Like, please go home. (laughs) Um sorry I got into I got into like a a rant there and I don't know I've been feeling not great in the past couple of you know couple of whatever's it's all morphed into it's all morphed into one but I just haven't been feeling great um but I know I'm gonna feel good so this rant kind of felt I don't know it gave me hope I don't know how to explain it but more okay back into rant back back (laughs) not back into rant but back into what I was talking about so Um, learning from, you know, therapy and what I've been dealing with. Um, I don't know if I said it. Did I say I have, cause I I said it before, but I'll say it again here. I have, I was diagnosed with general anxiety disorder, March of March. And, um, funny enough, I knew that I had it. Like I knew, like I told my oldest sister, Tristan, this like years ago and it was like, cause I like sometimes, you know, since you're an overthinker and you have anxiety and you know, when you get sick and you start to look at your symptoms, it was something like that. I was feeling so much at that point years ago. And my, and my sister, she noticed it. Like she noticed, she was like, yeah, you were a bit anxious when you were younger. Like you were anxious about a lot of things. And I'm like, I think I have GAD. And she was like, well, don't go self-diagnosing yourself. I don't think that's true. I think she was just trying to be an older sister because shit, she probably could have been thinking the same thing, but she just didn't want to like give me a label <laughs> when I was younger. But now that I have professional help, I, when she told me that I had it, I was like, okay, like I said, <laughs> it was pretty like, yeah, tell me something I don't know. You know, I thought, you know, shoot give me the license. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, what I mean is having that, it just, it's just so much every day. And 
you try to work at it so hard, but sometimes you have your moments. And what I learned, another thing from having therapy is just, you'll have your moments. Like sometimes when you feel like you're on a really good run, whatever you're doing, like it doesn't have to be on, you know, a mental level. Sometimes you're just doing really good at a job. Sometimes you're doing really good in school and all of a sudden it turns to shit and you have to realize, you know, sometimes you have your moment, like you have it and then you got to turn yourself around and it's okay to have a moment. You just can't let that dissolve. You can't let it devour you. And it's really hard. Like, I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not like this person giving you advice and being like holier than thou. No, like being in a moment feels like eternity. Like it really does. And after a while, it feels comforting sometimes not sometimes that was a lie (laughs) sometimes being in a moment and feeling sad just feels almost too comforting to get out of and it just feels the most authentic you can feel and you would rather not feel anything else and sometimes it just takes like okay like sometimes when I do this like okay I'll I'll tell you guys this because this happened to me yesterday so I had to go home and it was hard going home of course but when I parked my car and had to get to the airport I had a hard time getting out of the car like I was tearing up I might even tear up now and I don't care because I'm an emotional person like I was just like okay everything's going to be okay you have to get out of the car you have to get out of the car you have to get out of the car of course because it's like you have to keep moving but it's also like okay at this you know you're gonna miss your flight if you don't (laughs) but it was just like you have to like it feels comforting to be here because anything outside of this is too scary to think about it's too scary to feel um so you just have to do it and it's so scary to jump into that because you don't know what's gonna happen you don't know what's gonna what how it's gonna change anything but it never hurts to try and that's something that I knew before yeah that was now that I'm talking I knew that it never hurts to try trying is better than doing nothing and at least you did try if something turns out not the way that you want it to so yeah with anxiety it's it's like the irrational thoughts become the real thing like I mentioned before and it's not a quirk like it's not something that people you know should take for granted because everyone has this of course like I mentioned everyone has anxiety or has experienced it oh that's my laptop sorry I'm gonna (laughs) it's my it's from my laptop so I'm gonna turn off Sorry, you're going to have some little ASMR of me logging into my laptop with my password. But we're going to turn that off. Cool. Great. Awesome. So, um, I'm not downplaying anyone who has um, any other diseases either. Because sometimes I feel a little bit, not inconsiderate, but sometimes I feel a little tone deaf. Sometimes. Because it makes me feel bad sometimes because I'm struggling just with general anxiety disorder and some people literally have cancer like people are literally physically fighting with their body and I'm just sitting here I'm I'm struggling to to fight with my own mind and that sucks and it's it's so it's so stressful and so painful sometimes and you can't help to wonder that what if things could have been better earlier earlier along but they weren't and i wish they i wish they weren't i wish things had been better but i would never have been the person that i was with all the stuff that's happened to me and it you know it's really cliche like oh you know things happen for a reason and you know if this wouldn't have happened you would have been this person but it's true i hate to tell you but it's just you know things happen and things turn out the way that they want to and sometimes you don't realize it until the things have already been surpassed of course like you know something happened when you were in high school and that sucked but it made you realize what you needed and what you want when you were you know 30 years old and you'll never know that but it just it was it's just a part of you that 
traveled with you and you know it popped out when you needed to and sometimes when I get anxious it's so hard to get out of that state of the what ifs because once you start with one what if it's like the rest of the what ifs in the book you know you know there's um here's an example so I've had this go on for such a long time when I was like when I was young that I'm pretty sure people have had this with their parents too, which is why I like I explained that everyone gets anxious. And um when it comes to like, you know, when I was hanging when I would be at home and my parents were away and I remember this because I didn't have my own phone. We just had cordless phones and oh gosh, that's funny. We're like the Gen Z is like the last generation to have like dealt with that and my nephew, he's literally four years old, five years old, turning next month, and he has his own phone, and that's just unfathomable to me, like, he doesn't need one, um, but that's not my business, but, um, (laughs) anyway, um, when my mom wouldn't answer, there would be times where I was calling her eight times in a row, like, trying to get to her, because in my head, when she didn't answer, okay, you know, she got in a car accident and the car flipped over and it's in a ditch and it, it it blew up and it was on fire or the hill. I was in Chicago at the time. So anything could happen. I was on, like, I was always worried. There's just, you know, gunshots every time, you know, at night all the time. So it was like, what else could I think? So it was just like, you know, anything could possibly happen but they aren't happening right now. And that took me so long. It just, sometimes there are only, only the problems that can help are the, the, the solution to most, oh, hold on, <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> sometimes the solution to some problems truly is time. And it is so frustrating with that thought, like thinking of, you know, you want to get better, but the only thing that does get better is time. And time does not wait for anybody and as sure as hell does not get faster for anybody if you're paying attention. You know, if you're not paying attention, it goes by like that. But if you're waiting for time to move, it's not going to. <laughs> it's, oh my goodness. It's just you just have to you just have to live by it like every single day and eventually you'll get older and some of that stuff does not apply to you anymore and it just that's just how it is and i wish there were better solutions than just like time but that is that is what we can work with right now shoot humans are only like what 300,000 years old i don't know if <laughs> i don't know if we've like had other answers for anything but time is just it's it's been working shoot um <laughs> i um, have hard times now to a point where, um, when I was talking about rejection, about feeling like maybe, did I even talk about social rejection or did I like pin on something else? I'm sorry guys, if I did, um, or if I'm like resurfacing it now, but like, sorry, but when I'm feeling socially rejected, it's like, it's, 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 it came from like a certain place of not being at the right place at the right time but like what I mean is maybe I okay I don't (laughs) I don't think I worded that right but I feel like okay when I was younger these are all like anecdotes that just you know add up to who I am as a person now um you know when I started dating you know first secretly because like you know I couldn't date at the time but I'm 20 years old now I I'm okay now like I'm out of the clear so when I was 14 I well no no I'll share this I guess okay so when I was when I was a freshman in high school there was a guy that I liked in eighth grade I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna share who he is and everything like that I mean because what um but I don't think he would be listening like I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But um, if he heard it, I'm sure he know who he was. But okay. So anyway, um, mind you, I think I told you guys that I moved, you know, to Chicago. I moved out of Chicago to the suburbs after I graduated eighth grade. 
but I knew everyone in eighth grade since preschool. So I knew a bunch of everybody and we knew each other. And it was just, you know, like people like, oh, since the second box and stuff like that. So this person I knew, I knew that I liked him and I wasn't sure that he liked me. But it was a point where sometimes it was like, okay, I know, but like, I don't, but I don't want to like jump the gun, you know? But when it was really, it was verbatim, like told to my face, like, oh, he likes you. And it was clear. I was like, okay, like I've got the green light. This is a go. I'm going to shoot my shot. And when I shot my shot, it failed miserably like it shoot the basketball wasn't even near the net I don't even think I was in the court but it was just like so confusing because you know like you're you were like okay I got the green light then I crashed it was just like I don't know how this happened but later on when I was freshman um when I moved out and everything and I was settled for a little bit I I think this was when Apple had just started doing like iMessage games and all that stuff or like a little bit before like iMessages were still fairly new around this time so I was bored and I remember like I remember seeing this like I I was driving because we were into our first apartment it's not where we are now but this was like five years ago oh lord was it five years ago what's 2017 2023 minus 2017 no six years ago okay um I hate math, but mental math is really like really it clicks really easily with me because I don't know mental math. What? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, we were turning into our house, and I was just like spamming. You know, I think all of us did this when we were younger. When the the iMessage games came out, like you would just literally send a request to play with every single person you knew, and he happened to be there because I had his number because we were friends, right? But like. Uh, but, um, I sent it and he answered and he was like at 12 AM. Cause we were, cause me, my parents and I, we would hang out or like be out for hours at a time and sometimes it'd be late, but either way it was late. And he was like, wow, I like 12. And I was like, yeah, I'm just kind of bored. But I think he took that as something else. I really was just trying to play a game, <laughs> but then we started playing games and then we, got to snapchat and we started snapping each other and all that stuff and it just felt so weird feeling rejected the first time but being told that he always liked me and another like it just it fucked with me like it was just like okay what but nothing really happened afterwards because like I was I was in the suburbs and he was in the city like how would that ever work and I was 14, couldn't drive, couldn't get to drive yet, couldn't even get in driver's ed till the next year. So, you know, that's not going to work out. Um, other things happened, but that's just not going to be a conversation for right now um, or, or ever. <laughs> I don't think so. But um, that started to make me feel rejected at the time because I was just like, what made them not want to, you know, like give things a shot, you know, granted I was going to be leaving anyway, but it was just like, why the second time? And then, then freshman year, I was my first official boyfriend, you know, I had my first official boyfriend and things were great for like three months. And then it wasn't because, you know, this is kind of going to be kind of an explicit episode. I should have, maybe I should have said that in the beginning. I don't know. (laughs) um it was just like when uh, basically I just wouldn't have sex with them basically like um it was just like a a three-month thing because while we were dating within those three months he would try to do stuff but I wasn't comfortable with it and I was like I'm not gonna feel bad for this stuff at all because this is not you know this isn't what I want to do um and like I said I'm not gonna feel bad for it so with that, I had that, and I, you know, when the breakup happened, you know, it was, like, sucked, because, you know, it was, I had a boyfriend for three months, and now I didn't, like, that sucked, but, like, the, the reason of it was, I wasn't upset about it, but for the reason, I wasn't sad, but, like, three years later, 
right? It was like, he, he reached out to again and was like, the reason why I broke up with you is because I thought I could find something better. Don't think that was a serve you thought it was. Could have kept it in the drafts and just let it go. Like, I don't, maybe this was one of those things that you needed to feel closure with, but like, you think closure would have been there within three years, but obviously not, <laughs> but I guess not. Um, that happened. And then the next time I dated another guy and things, you know, went bad for three more months and it just felt like it just sucked. But within those things, like I didn't always just like, I didn't just date three people. Like, I, well, I've had three boyfriends up to date, you know, um, still, you know, you know, taken, but it's just like within those times, there were times like, you know, like situationships or whether I didn't really have long situationships because they weren't, they were short lived because the whole situation of like having a different agenda and me saying no and me being adamant about saying no and they get annoyed and then they leave. And it was just a rejection because it felt like a rejection of my character. Because if this is what you want me out of, what does that say about who I am as a person? You just want me for one thing, but you wouldn't stay for the rest of the thing that I'm a part of, the, the rest of the thing I'm about. That again, like that fucked with me. And it just felt like rejection because it was like, it was like, damn, you were just here for one thing, but it just seemed like I wasn't anything else. I, I had no interest to you whatsoever. I thought I was a pretty, you know, entertaining person. Like I thought I had a lot of, <laughs> you know, shoot, I had, I thought I had a lot going for myself. And then for you to just leave because I wouldn't do one thing, I thought we could figure that out or maybe just like wait it out. Like what, you know? And that's started like that got really bad with my self-esteem because well shit you get told that so many times you start to believe it and then I got to a point where I was like I didn't like myself and this isn't working and I don't like who I am I don't like the way that I sound don't like the way that I look don't like the way that I dress hate my glasses hate my like the my my skin sucks because it's I'm breaking out but you know that was just high school but it was just like man nothing can work out for me because I am nothing like I don't have any value to anyone right now at all I mean things are different right now I still get that thought constantly but it's it wasn't as worse as, as it was because that was when they started like the first feelings of being rejected were so fresh when I was like when I was in high school. But now that it's fully seasoned when I'm, you know, 20, it's just like, OK, these feelings are going to go away. They just weren't as severe as when I was feeling them the first time, because everything you start to feel everything from puberty up until high school. Well, you feel everything as a human, but things are so new at that point. I hope I'm not boring you guys with all this stuff. I just, I have a lot to, I have a lot to say and I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm a little scared of what's going to happen in the next couple of months because it's going to take a lot of self-reflection. And the thing of therapy is you will get humbled and it's like, you know, that's not what I asked for, but I appreciate it. Like, you know, you will get humbled a lot by your therapist and it's like, okay, you really don't know me, but I guess like you kind of ate with that little one thing. Cause sometimes, <laughs> sometimes my therapist will take me back a little bit or like I'm, I'll be taken aback and I'm just like, whoa, pump the brakes. But then I have to realize like, yeah, this is their job. Like you do have to do this for a living. You do get paid to tell me what I, not only what I want to hear, but what I need to hear. So it's just like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. Um, but therapy works like it, it works. You just have to be consistent with it. And you, the only thing is, is like, if you're going into therapy, you have to go at it with the act of like wanting to help yourself because this is a therapist. This is a person that you're putting your trust into and telling everything that you like, how, how you've been feeling. Like you can't leave out important details because that is the only thing that they're going to be working with. Like if you tell them that you felt, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know. I'm just trying to pull something on my ass. Um, <laughs> if you say like, oh, everyone hated me in school and that's why I am the way that I am. 
then your therapist is going to say one thing, but you left out an important detail that the reason why everybody hated you was because you fucking, I don't know, spread rumors about everybody. You, you lied about everybody. You were a fake person. You did all this stuff. Like if you leave out really important details of therapy, you're not going to get the results that you want. And that is important. Like you have to be honest all the time and that is that is a lot too because sometimes the truth sometimes the truth leaves a bad taste in your mouth okay like sometimes you'll say like sometimes I do get some times where I'm like yeah I'm insecure about this and yes that leaves a bad taste in my mouth to say that I'm insecure but at least I'm aware you know like yes I can be insecure about things and I'm working on it but I hate to say it but I have to like okay like I'm insecure okay let's talk about something else like (laughs) it's something like that and also there have been some cases where sometimes you you, like when I said you have to be honest sometimes you have to admit that there are some things that you did wrong and it's okay because you know if that's a problem if admitting that you were wrong about something is a hard thing because like yeah like you know being wrong does like sting a little bit but at least think of it this way at least you're admitting you're wrong to someone to a stranger right the first person that you admit that you're wrong to is just someone that you don't really know all that well like they're you're a therapist you have a some relationship with a therapist but they don't know you on a personal level so they're really just taking everything at face value like they're not they don't benefit that you admit that you're wrong like I mean sure that's progress right like that's growth but they're not like oh man I feel so great that they admitted that they're wrong like it's not that sort of it's not that it's like that the only thing that they feel good about is that you had got to that point that you got you you got there yourself right but when it comes to the person that you're admitting wrong to it takes a little time like don't wait too long like if you admitted that you were wrong like years later you might as well just left it alone (laughs) I mean it feels good to say it right like cool but it's like that happened three years ago but thanks but thanks I appreciate it thank you like I it probably took you a long time for that don't not do it just because of what I said like you know if you need to get your closure you need to feel this and just tell the person this let them know like let them know it's fine I'm just you know I'm just yanking your chain um what I learned to do, like my methods, um, sometimes when it comes to therapy and reassuring myself sometimes, because, um, when it comes to people who get anxious a lot, we can only reassure ourselves until someone has to step in. Right. Like I, I think I mentioned that to my, to, to Santi and, that is something that takes a lot of work and takes a lot of courage because when it comes from for me personally I am a person for so long has not wanted to burden others with what I'm feeling I have just been the emotional pillow for other people and not allowed other people to be the emotional pillow or just a person or just a friend that I needed like You know, I've never, when I was younger, I just, I keep saying when I was younger, you guys, you know, anyone who's older than me or just who's laughing at me for saying when I was younger, like, you know what I mean? I know I'm still young and I know I'm 20. Yeah, 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 yada, yada. It's just like, I'll say this, when I was a teenager and I was like in middle school, I didn't want to feel, I didn't want anyone to feel responsible for what I was feeling at all. And it took me like probably till honestly last year, it took me until I got to 19 to start asking like, Hey, I really need a friend. Can I talk to you right now? Like, can I talk to you about something? Can I talk about this? Or maybe even when I was 18, when I met Santi, like there are some things like, I just want to talk about something that took me, it took me until I got when I was 18 years old. That wasn't that long ago. And now that I know that I have that for my 20s, of course, but I honestly think like if I didn't think that, who knows where I would be right now just for that one minor detail. And the thing about therapy is, is that 
the small details make such the makes such a big difference and it's such a big accomplishment as well because that small thing asking for help is such a big accomplishment it's like I can't imagine I can't tell you how much it is to understand the importance of asking for help I ask for help all the time um <laughs> even when it's like you know when I'm in, in, in a store sometimes and you know people are there to help you I kind of take that into consideration too because like people there to help and sometimes I don't want to burden people that because you know the the thought of feeling a burden follows you everywhere even when it's something that's you know minuscule as to like finding out where the toilet like the the paper towels are like asking for help like that's what people are there for the people who work there that's what they're there for to help you find what you need you know like first figure it out right but then ask for help once you figure like once you're stuck that's the that's the whole art of the whole asking for help thing like once you're stuck and you can't find your way that's when you ask for help um my method of reassurance was always journaling um my first ever journal entry was um in 2016 because I read it like I, I I just read it like a couple like an hour or two ago and it made me cry like I I was crying because uh it was October 16th no 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 that was like the first I have uh whenever I start a journal it's always an introductory like edit like entry of me saying like hey journal we're gonna spend a lot of time together we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and then I have like the real entry of like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling this, that, and the third. So it was like, if I can remember, it was November 20th, 2016. And I was 13. And this was the first feelings of like anxiety and feeling like I didn't have any value or like feeling I didn't belong. And it was just talking about how I felt like, you know, just... I felt like a utility to my, to, to my family to sum it all up. Like I was asked to do all these things around the house to take care of this, to do this, to do this, to do this. And it just wasn't, I just felt like I was being used just like, you know, like a utility belt and you know, all those like, you know, those things, um, oh man, this really shows my, you know, my knowledge and hardware or like just thing just ah like it's a knife but it's like and also it's like a a, a a spork and like something else it's just you know those things that have like a certain gadget or whatever you know what I'm talking about like it's also a knife but it's also like a, a cork bottle opener and <laughs> it's like all of those I just don't know what it's called but you know what I mean that's what I, that's basically what I had been feeling like just a use for something else but not like just just an object you know and so and a part of it was just some stuff that I had just been telling myself today like one of the sentences in the entry like in the entry was saying I have to remind myself that I am, I'm important every day. And that, that started the waterworks because I was like, I was 13 when I started feeling like that. No 13 year old should start feeling, shouldn't be feeling like they're not important at all. That made me cry. And the word naive was thrown around a lot at me when I was younger, naive and sensitive and, and, and stingy and stuff like that. Stingy because like, I wouldn't share my food or whatever, but like now I'm different. Like I just had to grow out of the shit. Like, you know, sometimes I wouldn't share my food, but now I'm different. You know, people who probably know me who have started, who like got to know me when I was older, probably didn't know that, like, or just like kind of surprised that I did not share my food. But now that I am just like, yeah, I just had to grow out of it, you know? Um, all right. I wanted to find it so that I can read it. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and read it, I guess. So, um, November 20th, 2016, dear future self today was pretty lonesome. I know that I'm not supposed to be sad or depressed or let things bother me, but I felt lonely and left out just yesterday. All I felt was maintenance to everybody. Go get my phone. Watch Deshaun. Put this in the room. Could you go get this? 
can you take this down and grab this? Um, side note, Deshaun is my older nephew, my oldest nephew. So, yeah. Sometimes I feel like running away. Is that almost suicidal? That was, that's kind of what threw me off. Because when I read that after years, I was like, those thoughts had been starting to come up when I was 13. And that kind of sucked. That made me get really sad. Um, I said, I can handle myself. I run pretty fast and I can throw a hard punch. I can pack food. But I know that I can't do that because I am too loved. Or so I think. I think I do. I think I do refer myself as important. But I think that should, that I should keep reminding myself that. Maybe so I won't end up missing. And those were actually like the first acts of reassurance of like trying to tell myself that I am important and reminding myself that. Um... I'm called sensitive and stingy and naive because, but, but I can't help it. I'm sensitive because I'm called names or isolated from the group because I, I don't dance publicly, which I explained earlier. I always get referred to Autumn somehow, some way, because, um, you know, that's when we met and she like took me out of my shell. Um, I bet you if Autumn was here, she, you would be doing it. Like that was a quote. Of course I would, because she would be the only person who helps me grow. The only person that lets me out of my shell. I thought siblings were supposed to do that, but mine only make me shrink. I don't feel that now. This was like seven years ago. So yeah, I'm naive because I think everyone should have a chance at making a friend. And that the waterworks just like, like just, just kept coming after that. And not to be called by a stereotype that someone made up. And so I'm still here. Just me, my books, and Grey's Anatomy. People also didn't know that I cry in the shower because that is my only safe place. The only place that I feel, or I, the only place that I let it out. Now, I had always been like a emotional person at heart. And that is exhibit A. I always cry to let something out because it is the most raw feeling um like you know I get if I get anxious I cry if I get angry I cry if I get sad I cry you know but the thing is sometimes when I get happy I don't cry sometimes I'm just really happy that's the weird thing about it um maybe when I get older and you know my you know what no because my hormones now that I've started to get into like my womanhood and stuff some things that are like really cute and just too precious I do cry at and I'm like okay I'm such a woman right now, you know, like this is such a womanly thing. You know what? Let me not say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I was wondering, maybe I should read another one. Um, maybe read another and see. Let's see. ASMR for like page turning, I guess. So I'm going to fast forward to me moving here because things really like went into full effect when I got into um, high school. Um, October 28th, 2017 was actually honestly kind of the first days of, you know, not wanting to be here. Um, and sometimes it's still hard, but it is really surreal having it like written down. Um, I said, why should I exist if my parents think I'm nothing but a failure or disappointment? And I said, that's because I, I, I read it, I wrote it and I was like, I, I was starting to feel this and I was like, that's weird. I just kind of want to not be alive right now. Um, or like, I kind of just want to die right now. And it was real surreal. Cause it was just like, man, I just wrote that down that I just did not want to be here. And it was, I cried. Um, which sucks and it's fine. It's not fine. I don't know why I say that. And this, um, places, this episode is all over the place and I hope you're still with me, but I just wanted to share a couple of journal entries with you, um, because it's been a long journey and sometimes journaling doesn't help all the time because that is something that I have learned that journaling is just, um, I'll, I'll always advocate for it. But sometimes in certain cases and certain stages of your life, different ages of your life, you're going to want something more than just writing things down. 
and here's here's what I've here's what's helped with me like you don't have to do these things but you know try them out if you want um <laughs> sometimes okay there are some limit like there there have to be like there has to be limitations to this like these things cannot work if they have x y and z right so sometimes when I'm getting really angry I'm really either angry or really like irritable and anxious and I just need to let something out without you know breaking my wall because I have not tried it but if I had I know I my foot would be able to travel through a wall I really know it would I'm really bottom heavy for one but I also just have a lot of strength like I can't I'm pretty sure that I can but I don't want to because that's gonna, you know, that's gonna be a conversation starter that I don't want to have. But um, when I'm feeling all of this and I want to express my anger in a healthy manner, take a couch pillow or, you know, a pillow is fine. I just, you know, I would refer like a couch pillow other than a regular pillow that you put your face on. Um, take a pillow and this has to be a hardwood floor or like any floor that is not carpet, like it can be tile, it can be anything else, like, but hardwood floor has worked for me, you know, take it and use all of your strength to slam it on the ground. I have, this has happened so many times and it has worked so many times. Like if you take a couch pillow and you slam it, like not with one hand, you take both hands and slam it down. And just the motion of you're you releasing the pillow to it hitting the ground and that sound it I don't know it just something about it maybe it just releases something it releases something for me like it, it just releases some sort of pent-up energy and then sometimes it takes just jumping around and like shaking everything off sometimes it's like okay I'm gonna schedule a cry when I get home because there have been times where you have to be something for somebody for so long in the day and sometimes it's too much and then when you get home you have to cry it out because it's like oh my goodness I just had to human for like all of today and a bad day really brews at the at the start of it like no one realizes it until you get to the end of the day and you're just like oh my goodness gracious like this sucked like sometimes okay you'll wake up and you'll like just miss your 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 alarm or like you woke up a minute before your alarm like this this has happened to me sometimes like it's like a domino effect I get up and like I don't you know get to my um alarm in time to gather my things and then someone in the bathroom gets the bathroom that I like like gets the shower that I like and that doesn't work out so I'm like stuck with a shitty shower and then I have to get ready and then I get time to go get breakfast but hey, the thing that I like isn't being served at breakfast right now. So I have to go with the next best thing. And the apple juice isn't done because the apple juice isn't ready. No one refilled the apple juice. And I go sit down and I go to class and someone took my seat. And then, you know, once you took your seat, you have to find another seat. And then class goes longer than it's supposed to. And then it's cutting into your time because of class because you have 15 minutes and then you're walking in. And then it just turns into so much stuff and it just gets like so hard to handle when it's just like, okay, I need to, I need to either cry or like curse somebody out. So I'm going to do the opposite. (laughs) Um, I'm not choosing the latter. And that's one thing like me and, um, having, um, anxiety just makes a lot of choices so much harder or a lot of situations so much tougher because a lot of times what I'm really feeling is just unraveling onto what I need to work on. Because sometimes if I'm feeling rejected or, you know, feeling sad, okay, maybe this is a trust issue. Maybe this is a, just a personal issue, you know, like sometimes you just really need to understand that, you know, people like to be around you and, you know, 
when you say the things in your head, all the negative things in your head, you start to believe it because that's what, you know, you're telling yourself that, right? It's just, it's just your brain working to, to say these things to you. So when you get all these feelings of, oh, these people don't like me, these people don't value me, they don't care about what I do or don't care about who I am as a person, I don't matter. Like this shit, I don't, I don't matter at all. And people are just acting like they do when they really don't. And you're right. You know, like it's, it, it just takes a simple thing and it hurts your feelings. And then you cry about that. And then you fall asleep and you have to do the whole thing all over again. And that's what, you know, having anxiety is all the time. You never shut it off. And it sucks. But we're working on it and I'm getting better at it almost every single day. <laughs> you know, like I mentioned before, you can have your moments and it sucks, but it is okay to, you know, have moments. It makes us human, makes us alive. And, um, wow, I've been talking for an hour. I've never really done anything more than an hour before, except if something had to be edited. And I hope you made it all the way through because... I hope this gave, you know, people who aren't diagnosed with anxiety a better perspective at it because it's just so much extra work that you have to do anything. You know, people, like I mentioned before, any mental illness calls for extra work of any sort. And it's hard, hard work. But the only thing that I can really say is that you just keep trying. And that's really easier said than done but you do have to keep trying because it can only get to where you want it to be if you do the work and it you know it's it's annoying yes but it'll make you better it'll make the people that you hang around with better it'll make your relationships better and if this is the future that you want it'll make the relationship with your kids better and the people that you work with better and it'll set your boundaries and you'll feel better about setting boundaries and not feeling bad for setting boundaries because people with anxiety suffer with trying to set boundaries when, you know, it's it's funny because people will be, <laughs> I saw this TikTok before and it was like people pleasers getting into their villain era when it's really just them setting healthy boundaries. And that's very true. It's very telling, you know, um, but it's okay. And maybe we'll have another chat like this. I've been off of social media for like, I don't know how long, but I plan on not going it for a little while. But if you end up finding this episode when it gets, you know, it's not going to be as like sometimes, you know, when I post, you guys figure it out there from my social media. But if you guys had just been following along or had notifications on from my podcast, I really appreciate it. And that's really cool of you guys to do that, that you guys want to hear from me about the things that I talk about. But um, that's the end of today's episode. And I've been talking a lot and getting things out from how I've been feeling for the past week. You know, I'm still, although I'm, you know, transparent with the things that I talk about, there are some things that I like to keep private to myself. Um, Yeah, I just feels, it feels a little bit better, you know things are still new. Like I'm still here. It's my first day, first full day back, but it will get better. (laughs) And one of those things it's time is the thing. And I got the worst solution, but it is okay. And I love you guys. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.